King of heaven come. Shall we pray? Loving God, help us remember the birth of Jesus, that we may share in the song of the angels, the gladness of the shepherds, and the worship of the wise men. Close the door of hate and open the door of love over all the earth. Let kindness come with every gift and good desires with every greeting. Deliver us from evil by the blessings which Christ brings and teach us to be merry with clear hearts. May the Christmas season make us happy to be your children with grateful thoughts, forgiving the forgiven. For Jesus' sake, amen. Well, good morning. It's good to be together as the people of God as we worship our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. Um, I notice a little larger crowd here in the middle, and it's because there's newlyweds in the building. <laughs> Dwayne and B. Also, yeah, that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> so it's good to have you and all your family with us this morning. Um, yeah, we come together to worship our God together in this Advent season. And if you're visiting with us, uh, Aside from obvious reasons, or even for obvious reasons, I'd like to meet you afterwards. Come and let me know who you are and uh, get to know you a little bit. And also for the church, as I make the offer every, every week, if you want to talk, get together for coffee, I am available. Send me an email. Uh, give me a phone call. I'd love to sit and talk with you. We do have a gift for you if you're a visitor on uh, the Narthex table. It's a bottle uh, with some information of our church in there. So grab one of those on your way out. I'm going to extend to you our Lord's greeting, and after that, if you would greet one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's greet each other.
One child who shepherds celebrated, one child who angels sang about, one child held close to Mary's chest, one child, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. What child is this?
Our call to confession begins with a responsive reading. In this Advent season of waiting on the Lord, we, we trust in the Lord's goodness. We rely on his mercy. We find shelter in his steadfast love. In this Advent season of waiting on the Lord, we walk in the Lord's way. We follow his example of love. We keep his covenant of promise. In this Advent season of waiting, Lord, forget our sins. Remember your love. Remember each one of us. Remember your people. In this Advent season of waiting, Lord, we wait for your salvation. We wait for your leading. We wait for your coming. A call to confession is this. When Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, he became like us in all ways except for sin. May we who have been reborn in him be free from our sinful ways. Therefore, we confess our sin together. Would you bow your head as I pray a prayer of confession? God, you are generous. You give the greatest gift of all, which is yourself. Lord, the world is busy and distracting. So many things pulling at our desires, pulling us in its direction, and often pulling us away from you. And so often, Lord, we find it hard to take notice. Lord, we get so distracted, so caught up in things that aren't of you. We miss the meaning even of Christmas and the gifts that are given. Lord, forgive us, we pray. Forgive us for the way we casually treat the gift that you have given, your son, to this world. Lord, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We now take a moment to silently confess our sins to God. Now receive the assurance of pardon from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will, serve his, he will save his people from their sins. Praise be to our God that Christ has come. So on this Advent Sunday, we also have the privilege of welcoming Allison Ekoff uh, in as a professing member. So I ask uh, Mike Rye as the representing elder and Allison to come forward. Uh, children, you'll leave after uh, we sing the final song. We're going to have a song after this. After we're finished singing it, you can follow the flag out. But at this time, if Allison and Mike would come over here. Looking for a mic for Mike. I'll stand up here for a second. Good morning. It is my joy and great pleasure uh, to celebrate and present before you Allison Ekoff as she makes her profession of faith. And I can't think of a better time of the year at Christmas time, you know, when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we can also celebrate the, a new member into our family of God here at Crossroads. And so she has, uh, Allison has become before the elders and expressed her desire to make profession of faith. And now she comes before you, the congregation here at Crossroads, to publicly profess her faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, there is one body and there is one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all. 
So Allison, we ask you now to declare your faith publicly before uh, the congregation, your brothers and sisters, parents, family and friends this morning. So the first question we'll ask in this public profession, I ask you before God and Christ Church to reject evil, to profess your faith in Jesus Christ and to confess the faith of the church. Do you renounce sin and the power of evil in your life and in the world? If so, say, I renounce them. And again, as we always say at this point, this is the key question. Who is your Lord and Savior? My Lord and Savior is Christ Jesus. Amen. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation and through worship and service seek to advance God's purpose here and throughout the world? If so, say, I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. As a body of believers, I ask the congregation to stand as we express our support to Allison as well. Crossroads Fellowship, do you promise to love, encourage, and support Allison by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family in fellowship, in prayer, and in service? If so, say, we do. Allison, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church, to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation, to seek for those things that make for unity, purity, and peace? If so, say, I do. Together, let's profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he ascended to the heaven. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Well, we're not done with that one yet. Sorry. The third day he rose again from the dead. He descended to heaven and there at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Congregation, you may be seated. Well, Allison has made her profession. I'm going to offer a word of prayer here, and then I'm going to have the elders come forward as well and uh, receive you in as a new member through prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Allison. I thank you for the faith that you have given to her, for the expression of that faith that you've given to her, Lord, and the work you're doing in her by your Spirit. I thank you for the faithfulness of her family. And we know that spans generations, and many of those are here this morning. We thank you for that faithfulness. Lord, we ask that you would watch and protect her all the days of her life. We pray this in your name. Amen. I want to ask the elders that are currently serving to come forward as well, and we're going to just welcome Allison in as a member. Welcome to the body of believers. Then Mike is going to give our closing prayer over, over Allison. Heavenly Father, what a wonderful joy it is to celebrate a new member in the kingdom of God. We lift up Allison to you, Lord. We thank you for leading her um, all this way, Lord. 
uh, and for the wonderful uh, family that she has that have been guiding her up until this point, Lord, and we just uh, pray your blessing on her life, Lord, that uh, this is a new journey. It's a new beginning. Uh, she has felt the power and presence of your Holy Spirit in her life, and we just pray, Lord, that uh, you will lead her into greater wisdom and knowledge of you, Lord, and that she will serve you all the days of her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Allison, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Welcome into the body of Christ as, as a confessing member. I knew Allison wouldn't be nervous. She sings all the time in front of church, so. Uh, right now, we are going to sing one more Christmas carol. And this carol will tie into the series I'm doing on uh, Advent Christmas carols. So, uh, would you stand as we sing this song together? Desire of nations, find 
the kids are invited to follow the flag the children in worship and the congregation may be seated <clears throat> so this advent season we've uh, taken the opportunity to consider various christmas carols uh, in the first sunday of advent we consider the carol angels we have heard angels from the realms of glory with its setting in luke 2 the second Sunday of Advent, we considered the carol, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, with its setting in Galatians 5. On our third Sunday of Advent, we briefly reflected on a little town of Bethlehem. I had mentioned that the carol was written by a pastor for his children's program 150 years ago. Um, what I didn't know at that time, though, um, with our Christmas program being the same day, that Angie wrote the whole program. And so, I don't know if she's here this morning, but I just want to Give her some, some props for that. So if you see her, know that she wrote that program. Um, that's kind of a neat connection I wish I could have made last week. Today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, the Sunday of Christmas week. And the carol we're going to consider this morning is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the song we just sang. Before we do, though, let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the words that you've given us to, to sing, the words of Scripture put to music, we know so much of scripture is already put to music. It was the psalms that were sung. So many of the chants and the hymns that even were sung in the New Testament, Lord. We thank you for song. We thank you for what it does in us. We thank you for the work of your spirit that, uh, Lord, seals these words into our minds as we often sing them. Today, as we consider this Christmas carol and its history, in our setting today, Lord, make these words just come to life. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So following one author's division of this carol, I'm going to divide it into five parts. So you could say I have five main points, but they won't be long. So don't worry, we're not going to go for two hours. As much as I would like to preach for two hours, we'll, we'll keep it within the time frame. But there'll be five points as we consider this carol this morning. You know, in writing this, and I've maybe asked the question before, uh, do you have or have you had... Uh, that one Christian friend, maybe two Christian friends that are influential in your life, when you, when you sit with them, you just, you just feel like a better person. They've challenged you. They've helped you to grow. You leave more thoughtful. Um, I always look for those kind of friends in my life, and I seek to be that for other people as well. You know, you could say the, the adage would be disciples who disciple. You know, those friends may not know they've been mentors, uh, but many of them have. You know, as I've grown older and continue to look for those that I can mentor and look for mentors myself, uh, I've found uh, just a great wealth of mentors who have died on my shelf sitting there waiting to be read. You can find your mentors in biographies and autobiographies. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we begin our, our small groups, we're going to use uh, the writing of, of a man who's passed away, Jerry Bridges. Uh, we're going to sit at his feet, consider his work, 
in his book, Transforming Grace. So let me just pause there to make a plug for that real quick. Where we're at in the small groups, I was going to put out the list this week. I'm going to wait till we're through the Christmas season, but we have the list together, the leaders. And what the next step will be is we'll put the lists out uh, in the narthex of the small group, and you'll find your name on there with the group you're in and who your leader is. And then you'll have the opportunity to take your name and just put it in a different group because maybe the time that that group meets for you doesn't work for you or for other reasons. Maybe you don't want to be a part of a small group. But you'll have the opportunity to to move your name around uh, into the group that uh, would best fit you. And then the groups will begin to meet. So that'll be a couple weeks out into January where we're at with that right now. And then we'll get rolling. But the point is we'll have the opportunity to sit at the feet uh, of a mentor in my life via a book, Jerry Bridges. Now, uh, Brandon Wilson knew him very well as uh, Jerry Bridges was a navigator. And uh, Brandon was very excited we're doing this book, and he'll make the book order for us when we see who's all going to participate in the small group study. Sitting at the feet of those who give us wisdom. You know, that's one of the calls of Scripture. We read this in Proverbs. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you do, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Get wisdom. That's our call from Scripture. To find those leaders, those teachers, those people of influence, and to be those for other people as well. And might I say, music is that. We know it is. Songs from... The songs we sing each Sunday morning to hymns, to carols. If they're packed with good theology, they are good teachers. We know the importance of music, how it resonates with us. We've talked about this the last few weeks. It has the power to change a mood, to enhance a mood maybe you're already in, to lead in a direction, to teach. I was talking to my girls the other day, and, uh, you know, McDonald's are the marketing kings, you know. And I remember being a kid, buying a Happy Meal, and on the Happy Meal was a little vinyl record. And you pulled off that vinyl record, and you put it on your record player, and I have never been able to forget that a Big Mac has two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. It's always in my mind, for good or ill. I mean, the power of music, like it's ingrained in me. That's what... Effective teachers do. Don't know if that was a good lesson, but there it is. And that's why we sing. I had a friend in high school. He wasn't that good in school. His his grades were not that great. And uh, he was great at basketball. And on the basketball team, he would drive his car to different places we would practice. And that guy would recite every word to every song that was on the radio. We're like, how do you do that? And you're like a C student, you know? Music is powerful. That's my long introduction to the Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This particular Christmas carol was written sometime in the 12th century. It came on the radio on the way to school the other day, and I said, hey girls, you hear the song? It's almost a thousand years old. What songs today do you think are going to last a thousand years? I mean, it's something to think about, right? Written in the 12th century, originally uh, a a medieval chant. 
It would be sung before the Advent teaching, whether it was the teaching on the, the Magnificat or, or just any teaching that was happening. It was sung pre-teaching, broken up into parts, and it was sung to give the names of who Christ is. It was a teaching before the teaching, you could say. One author says this, it began as a series of antiphones or, or, or short statements that were sung at the beginning of uh, the psalm or the Magnificat at Vespers services during the Advent season. Before the readings, sung at each point to greet their Savior. Because you'll notice as we go through this song, it begins with the name of Jesus, greeting their Savior. Now, uh, we obviously don't have video from the 12th century, but I did the best I could to maybe give you a little idea of what this might have sounded like uh, 950 to 1,000 years ago. So just listen for a couple minutes here.
Well, having not been classically trained, my Latin's a little bit rusty. Um, but Karen here, uh, you teach Latin, I know, in your curriculum. Latin? Yes? So you understood a little bit out there, or maybe all of it? Yep. So originally written in Latin. And so what happened with some of these old songs, um, we have one particular person in mind here. His name is John Neal. John Neal is an important name as it relates to this hymn and many other ancient hymns that we have. John Neal was born on January 24th of 1818. It's argued that he did more for translating hymns from Latin and Greek into English. So the reason we have this carol is thanks to John Neal. John Neal lived in London, England. Um, yeah, he took this carol of deep theology and now we're able to sing it. It's obviously been transposed to different tunes and we praise God for the work that he did. So that's a little bit of the background. Let me break down the carol for you this morning. It's interesting the things that you think about in writing sermons. So uh, when we lived down by Pella, uh, our escape would be Des Moines. And so we'd come up on Fridays up here to Des Moines. And at that time, Ella and Noel were uh, fairly small. And, uh, and we'd go to one of the malls and, and shop and... Um, you know, being new parents, uh, you know, sometimes you turn around, you're like, where's my kids? You know, well, where'd they go? You know, so you have that, just that gut panic of, I've just lost my kids. You know, have you ever, ever had that? Just that separation. I don't know where they went until, like, like, usually just right behind you, you know? But you feel that gut panic right away, and then as they get older, you're like, ah, you know, I'll find them, you know? <laughs> but that, that panic of separation, that, that panic of, of being divided, of, of, of being parted, I would say many, if not all of us, know that feeling in some sort at some level. Now, I think of the families that we serve here at the food shelf every third Monday, families from Iraq, from Egypt, from Afghanistan, those that, that boarded the plane, said bye to family, you know, I'm not going to see you. Just that kind of separation. We're leaving. We're going to America. Some families know that separation more than others. But we are a people not unfamiliar with separation. And it all began in the garden ultimately when Adam and Eve sinned. And that first sin sent ripples through all of creation. Ripples of ripping away humanity ultimately from that good relationship to its creator. And now we experience separation at various levels throughout life, though separations being healed through the work of Christ. You know, there are some who want the separation. We know even from David's words or from those that are upset with God or, or just want their sin or they're living in shame and they're like, God, I, I, just, I, just, I just need to be away. You can't see me. You can't see me like this. The psalmist's words resonate. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I shall say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me, uh, about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light to you. So we do have that separation in the garden, but it's, it's, it's not a complete separation, right? God is there. He's omniscient. He's, he knows all things. He's omnipresent. He is all places. And in his spirit, he is with us. We know there is that separation from uh, the grace of God for unbelievers who in the end go to hell. But we also know that the angels and God are 
overseeing that in one sense, but his grace is absent. But for believers who have taken faith in Jesus, what has been separated is being reunited. It's being put back together. It's being healed and it's being fixed. Well, why do I start there? The first stanza of this carol are these words. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourn in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. So we begin with the name. And so you have these early chants, not set to the organ, not set with a choir, but chanting in the church, the name of God. And so they begin with Emmanuel, literally Emmanuel, God with us. The God who is with us. So why this cry? Why, why this chant? Why these words? Because in one sense, we've been separated because of sin. Now, we know that this particular verse speaks to those that have been exiled. Israel being exiled. God with us, return those that have been exiled. God, we're waiting for your return to come and redeem us. The coming of the Messiah was first prophesied in the 6th century B.C., When Israel was first taken captive into Babylon, they were lost and they were separated and they longed for the Messiah to come. What did that longing look like? And we hear in that second portion of that first verse, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. God, ransom us. Your people, your mourning people, purchase us. I mean, you feel the pressure of the song, the impulse the already not yet, the promise that God has given to us in Christ and even we wait for the new heavens, the new earth, the second coming of Christ again. The new Jerusalem descending out of heaven prepared as a bride for her bridegroom. That day is coming and our cry as well is for the Messiah to come again and we know he's coming and so we end with the way each verse ends. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Is that your cry? I mean, are you longing for the appearing of Christ? Are you anticipating eagerly his coming again? Now, I know it's easy to get caught up in the world and distracted. That's why we gather here Sunday after Sunday to be reminded that Christ has come and he's coming again. It focuses our attention on the things it needs to be focused on. So we come to the next name of Jesus in the second verse. And we read, O come thou rod of Jesse. So some translations are branch of Jesse. So come thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Shall come to thee, O Israel. Again, we picture the early church in the writing of the song in the 12th century during their Advent celebrations, beginning their lesson times again now with this name of God, with this name, and they begin, Thou Rod of Jesse. You've heard Jesus referred to this before, I assume, and if not, you will this morning. It's a direct quote from Isaiah 1. Let me read Isaiah to you. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of of Jesse. So rod, shoot, branch. And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He, 
you can't read it, just listen. He shall not judge by what he sees or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. So, so we get that image, the, the rod of Jesse. But what does that mean? Who is Jesse? Well, Jesse was King David's father. So we're talking about a lineage here that Jesus would come from. And who would this root of Jesse be? verse ends thine own from Satan's tyranny from depths of hell the people save and give them victory over the grave well who is that? we're talking about Jesus and so again the verse ends rejoice, rejoice the Messiah born in in the lineage of Jesse would be born free free from sin free from the tyranny of Satan And he would be the one to free his people, to set his captives free. For all of us who have taken faith in Christ, that is us. He has set free and given us the promise of the coming eternal freedom that we can say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we end that verse, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. We move on to the next verse. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here, and drive away the shades of night, and pierce the clouds and bring us light. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So this part of the song that was chanted and is now sung gives the name to God, the Dayspring. That seems like kind of an odd name, doesn't it? That God is the Dayspring. What is meant by this kind of funny-sounded name? Well, literally, it's the spring of new day. So that's how you read it. Jesus is the spring of new day. Have you ever watched the sunrise? Now, I'm asking those who aren't morning people. Have you ever seen the sunrise? Because I know all you morning people see it every day, and it's like, eh, no big deal. But for a handful of people here, it's a big deal. <laughs> but it's beautiful, right? All jokes aside, to see the sun rise. I mean, you're, you're there at twilight. Uh, I know you hunters have seen it, like out in the trees, uh, in the dark. And then the darkness just begins to turn a little blue. The stars begin to fade just a little bit. They're not as clearly seen. From the east, the light, the light just begins to to kind of change the tone of the sky. And then all of a sudden, there's, there's just this pinging, radiant light of the sun that peeks over the horizon. It's like this explosion of peace, and the new day has begun. This is Christ coming into the world, the day spring, the sun rising on the new day. Now, these are words as well that are, re- that, that are uh, restating the words that Zechariah said as he spoke over who this Christ was. We read this in Luke 1. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. 
to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. I mean, that's the image of light. It comes over the horizon, it scatters the darkness, and the darkness disappears. That's what happens in the new day, in the new morning, when the sun rises. That is who Christ is in our life as he scatters the darkness. He is the day spring. And so we read these words, O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirit by thine advent here and drive away the shades of night and pierce the clouds and bring us light. Rejoice, rejoice. Isn't that just a beautiful picture of Christ and what he does in our life? Then we come to verse four. O come thou key of David come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. So what's the name for Christ here? Have I driven away my own kids? That's right, we'll talk about it later. What's the name of Christ here? The key of David. I mean, the, the picture's clear. He is the key of David. It's, it's just a word picture of who Christ is as the key. What do keys do, right? Keys unlock things that are locked. Christ is the key that unlocks the door that is shut for all people unless he unlocks it. He's the key of David. The door is shut. We cannot make ourselves right with God. We can't open the door on our own. We deserve the door to be locked. We deserve the door to be shut. But God has sent the key of David. He has sent Jesus as that key to open that door that all who believe may go through. God has done something we couldn't do in sending himself, second person of the Trinity, the key of David. We read these words in Isaiah 22. And I will place on his shoulders the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. We get a picture of this in Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The door is wide open with Christ as he shuts the doors of the kingdoms of this world. And we sing together, O come, thou key of David, come. And open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And I am on main point five, and it's 1025, and I say, well done me. We come to our last stanza. So the last stanza sometimes is the second stanza. So it depends on how you've sung it or where you've sung it. Uh, this is often the second stanza, sometimes because of the theology or the flow of thought. Um, but again, you'll find it as the fifth stanza as well. And so here are the words. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times once gave the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So again, the name given for Christ in this stanza is Lord of Might, literally Mighty God. The very name given to God on Mount Sinai as the law was given, as the lightning was cracking the sky and the thunder was shaking the mountain. Mighty God, 
who to thine tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times once gave the law in cloud and majesty and awe. God has not changed. He is still the Lord of might, isn't he? The one who shook the heavens shakes the heavens. The one who shook the earth shakes the earth. He's the one who shakes our life. Takes us from darkness to light. The one who made us, the Lord of might, has shaken you today if you've taken faith in him. He has come to be with you as Emmanuel, God with us. And today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, I want you to see this God with us and all the names that are ascribed to him from Scripture into this ancient song that we have now sung. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the rod of Jesse, the day spring, the key of David, Jesus, the Lord Almighty. And I can say with full assurance that we've now sat at the feet of a great teacher this particular Christmas carol. I don't even know who the author is, except for obviously scripture influencing whoever wrote this chant. But we've sat at its feet and we've learned and been reminded of these great truths. And if we've soaked in what we've learned, we leave better. We leave more thoughtful. We leave with more knowledge than how Big Mac's made, right? We leave with the words of this great song in our minds. We might not come back to it again until our Christmas Eve service, and then maybe not until a year later, but I want you to, to, to take in uh, as note the songs that we sing. I mean, even if you're not thinking about them, they're getting into your minds. You're able to memorize them and, and learn them, and it's important to learn this good theology as it forms and shapes us and helps us to grow to be more like Christ, that we can see him more clearly. And when we see him more clearly, we will end our life when we go and meet the Lord with the way that we've end, ended every stanza of the song. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And we rejoice because he's coming again. Let me pray. Jesus, you are good. The names ascribed to you in the 11th century there pulled from the pages of scripture. These words that we can sing today. I thank you for music. I thank you for the inspiration that you give us through music and the teaching and the leading. I thank you that we can sit at the feet of those wiser than us, those that have walked with you longer, songs that have been sung longer than any of us will be alive, and continue to grow and be made more like you. Might we always take advantage of the opportunities you give us, Lord, to be made like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Our offering today is for uh, the Luke Society. So there's going to be a short video that, uh, no, the offering today is not for the Luke Society. Let me get my notes in place here. Next week will be the offering for Luke Society. Today the offering goes to Dort College. So the offering that will be taken is for Dort. The video that's going to be shown is for Luke Society. That will be taken next week. So this is kind of a preparation video for next week's offering. Um, so as the deacons come forward, this offering is for Dort University.
Video didn't work, all right, you forced me to sing the hymn. <laughs> now we can, we can show that video next week uh, during the offering if it, doesn't, if it doesn't work this week. That's not a problem. All right, there we go. Hi, I'm Deb Denherter. I'm the Administrative Assistant at the Luke Society. One of my roles in the Luke Society is having our volunteers come in to mail out our donor letters. This is um, done five times a year. We do it in March, June, September, November, and December. This is a really fun day for all of us in the office. We bring in many volunteers. Uh, the job that they do is to stuff envelopes, and what that involves is a table of men who put bookmarks and return cards into an envelope, and those envelopes are then passed on to the women who then stuff the letter and one of those return cards into the envelope. It's a fun day of fellowship and camaraderie. It's a lot of talking, a lot of catching up with each other, and the staff loves having these people come in. We also get to be part of these generous um, volunteers who are so good at helping us out in many different ways. One of the important reasons why we use volunteers to do our donor letter is the money it saves for not having to have this done professionally and there isn't really any way that as staff we could do this because it would take too long. We save a lot of money but we also get to be part of a group of wonderful volunteers that come in and uh, share their day with us. The day includes coffee time, which is always fun, and at the end of the day or end of the morning when we finish up our mailing, we get to have lunch together and the time that we get to share and have fellowship continues on through our lunch time. And then during our time together, we always have devotions and usually we present the project that the letter is for and that also gives them a good idea of the work that the Luke Society is doing around the world. If you would be willing to help with this, we always appreciate new volunteers and you can just contact the office and we will get in touch with you. Alright, so that'll be next week for Luke Society. Brent will have our elders prayer this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pause during this busy season to rest, reflect on your goodness, and take time to thank you for your indescribable gift. Instead of leaving the world and its rebellious creatures to our own sinful desires, you entered it to save us from ourselves. You left the glory of heaven to be born as one of us, to live with us, and to die for us. Thank you for preserving for yourself this season when the world celebrates what many do not even understand. Help us to be a light during this Christmas season to show and tell the world of the gift you have given and to encourage each other with the anticipation of your return. 
Father, you know the concerns of your people. When you became one of us, you experienced our humanity and understand our needs. You know when we are celebrating births, marriages, anniversaries, professions of faith, and healing. You know the sadness of our losses. You are concerned with our illnesses, anxiety, and the challenges that come, challenges that come with aging. Please bless those who are traveling to see loved ones this week. Keep them safe and in your care. Thank you for caring with us and for us and for faithfully working for the good of all who love you and are loved by you. Especially during this season, Father, we ask that you help us to be a blessing to others. Thank you for using this congregation to distribute food to our neighbors. Thank you for the opportunity to serve the homeless this week at the shelter and through Hope Ministries. May the men, women, and families served see your love through us. Father, we pray that you will bless those who have sacrificed to serve you in the mission field. Reward them a hundred times what they have given up to spread the good news throughout the world, in other parts of the United States, and on college campuses. Please give us opportunities right here in our own, in our own communities to tell our friends, neighbors, and coworkers what you have done for us. Father, remember your people who are suffering for your name in many parts of the world. We remember the Christians in Nigeria, Iraq, Syria, China, India, and elsewhere throughout the world who are hated and attacked and made homeless and imprisoned and killed for bearing witness that you alone are God and King. We ask you to vindicate your church, and we pray that you will help us here in the U.S. who enjoy so many freedoms to stand in solidarity with our persecuted brothers and sisters. Father, in this time of political turmoil in our own countries, we pray that you will give us what we do not deserve. We pray that you will bless our president, the leaders of our Congress, and the other presidential candidates with wisdom and grace to rule justly. We recognize that in you alone, not in any political party or ideology or system, will we find our peace and salvation. We pray that you will make us a voice of grace and peace in a world so filled with anger and fear. Lord, establish the work of our hands. Enable us to complete the task you have laid before us as we anxiously await your return. Bless us and keep us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Be gracious to us and give us your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any announcements this morning? Thank you everyone who has graciously donated food or signed up to serve tonight at the shelter dinner. Uh, it starts at 6, but if you're volunteering, I ask that you show up about 5.45 to start prepping everything. So thank you again. So I just have a handful here, just a couple. Um, Again, reminder for the Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. It will be the nine uh, lessons and carols service that we've done the last few years. Join us for that. It's a good time to get together and sing some Christmas carols and hear the lessons taught from the Christmas story. Um, two more announcements here. Uh, Stan and Darlene are celebrating their 55th anniversary. I think, oh, there we go. Yep. Uh, And the final one, uh, with the celebration with B and Duane, there is cake 
Still cake, right? All right. <laughs> I just, would you say lots of cake? There, there will be cake and celebration uh, afterwards uh, in the kitchen. Are there any other announcements this morning? All right, would you stand for the benediction? Receive these words from Psalm 72. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever and ever, and may his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. Voices sing him of praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light that brought us tonight to our Savior. Hallelujah! 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 Shine so bright to the knowing light of the stable. Kneel close to the child so dear. Cast aside your fear and be thankful. Hail, hail to the newborn King. Let our voices sing in our praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light that brought us tonight to our Savior. Sing him our praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light that brought us tonight to our Savior. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah!